As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. The C.S. Lewis Podcast with Alistair McGrath. Hello and welcome to the show that brings you the thought and theology of C.S. Lewis. I'm Ruth Jackson and we have something rather special for you this week. But before we dive into this episode, just a quick reminder to check out our website where you can find lots of great articles and podcasts as well as more C.S. Lewis content. Visit premierunbelievable.com. And if you register or sign up for our newsletter there, you can get yourself a free ebook. I'd also love to invite you to be a part of our unbelievable live event, Culture War Questions, with apologist Sean McDowell tomorrow, that's Tuesday the 15th of November. Sean's most recent book, A Rebel's Manifesto, is aimed at believers who want to act with grace and speak with truth into polarising issues such as LGBT, pornography, abortion, morality and more. Sean McDowell and Justin Briley will take audience questions on the hot-button issues dividing culture and help you learn how to give a reason for your hope with gentleness and respect. Please join us online from anywhere in the world on Tuesday the 15th of November at 8pm UK, that's 3pm Eastern and 12 noon Pacific. This is your last chance to register. Visit www.unbelievable.live. It is free to attend, but registration is essential. www.unbelievable.live. But now for today's show. Justin Briley recently visited the Kilns, the Oxford home of C.S. Lewis, which he shared at various times with Mrs. Moore and his brother Warney, as well as Joy Gresham and her children after she became Lewis's wife. The C.S. Lewis Foundation own the house and have preserved it in keeping with the era that Lewis lived there, as a way of preserving his legacy for future generations. Justin was accompanied on his recent visit by New Testament scholar Justin Bass, and the tour was led by scholar-in-residence Trevin Wax. Trevin Wax is the author of numerous books, including his latest, The Thrill of Orthodoxy. You can find out more about Trevin in the two previous episodes of this podcast. Trevin Wax is not an official tour guide for the C.S. Lewis Foundation, but was very happy to share his knowledge of the home. For tours of the kilns and to support the C.S. Lewis Foundation, visit their website www.cslewis.org. And now we join Justin and Trevin at the front door of the kilns. So Trevin, we're here at the Kilns. We are. And you're staying here for a little while. Yes, that's right. Sort of right. as the scholar in residence. That's right. One of the one of the scholars in residence. Okay. There's a, a number of scholars that stay here. And uh, I'm I'm one of the temporary ones, just here for a couple of weeks to do some teaching and writing. Wow. It's, and we're entering the green door now. Yeah, that's right. And this Come is essentially kept in the same sort of state that or, or style that yes. Lewis would have lived here in, in the yes. 1950s and 60s. Same kind of fashion and style. Um, uh, most of the, the the furniture and stuff is not 
uh, original to the house, but um, they they certainly have restored it to be yeah, somewhat yeah. like it like it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're entering the the sitting room. Do you say this is probably the best sort of most famous room in the yes, house? Yes, they call it the common room. This is the the house. Uh, many people have seen pictures of Lewis uh, at a desk with some windows or. Uh, maybe uh, sitting in a in a in a chair with some uh, bookshelves behind him, mm-hmm. and this is the room where he would have um, where he received guests. Yeah, and so uh, you know, Lewis lived here for thirty three years, and uh, I'm sure the the layout of this room and the way the furniture was would change here and there. It's um, uh, it definitely has the feel a little bit of a bachelor pad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, they didn't keep it in great nick when he was living here with his brother Wardy, did they? No, no. In fact, what they what they tell me is that um, they uh, they didn't have ashtrays here. So when people would come and smoke, they'd be <laughs> they they just basically let the ash fall into the carpet, and then they they, they claimed that it kept away uh, moths. There you go. So, well, good reason. It's probably that. looking yeah. better actually than when Lewis was living here then. But, yes, but, but and the books, uh, these aren't presumably original to to the house. No, no, these are um, the Lewis's library uh, has is now housed at the Wade Center at uh, Wheaton College in Wheaton, Illinois. Uh, these are books that have been chosen because they're either about Lewis mm-hmm. or they are books that had some kind of influence on Lewis or books that he really loved. Great. So. See a whole selection of George MacDonald up yeah. there. You can find some G.K. Chesterton. Yeah, uh, quite a quite a number of biographies and sure. um, letters. Of, of Lewis and himself. Yes, yeah, of, yeah. Of Lewis. And, and, then, and a lovely map of Narnia above the that, the, the fireplace. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Super. Yeah. Great. We're, we're, and you're going to take us through to the, the to dining the room. Room here. Yes. Yeah. So this here is the dining room. Of uh, it is. You know, this was a house that had a lot of people living in it mm-hmm. at different times. Uh, I mean, a lot of people know the the story of during the during World War II. Of course, they brought in um, adolescents that stayed here because they were fleeing from London during the Blitz. Um, but that's just one one uh, um, uh, part of the house's story. Uh, of course, Lewis lived here with Mrs. Moore, who was uh, um, an, an older lady. It, her daughter, Maureen. Um, and they, they were here for, you know, Lewis lived here for 33 years and this house con- constant, mm. um, uh, guests, yeah. hospitality, his brother Warney lived here obviously for, for a long, a long amount of time. So, uh, so this would be one of the places where they would entertain people. And, um, this, one of the things that is original in the house is the typewriter. Yes. Tell us about this typewriter. There's a, actually a letter that's, uh, that's that, placed That's right. Now, it. you know, Lewis himself actually, um, wrote everything by hand. Mm. He, he felt like by dipping the pen and the ink and, and writing the way he wanted to write, it gave him enough time to be formulating the next sentence mm. as he was writing. But Warney uh, uh, would type things up. And this typewriter here, uh, I, think it's, I think it says something on it like um, he, he used it for how long? It says there. Uh, so the paper that's in the typewriter. It's says... the last one. <laughs> I, I can't see when it says when it when, how long you used it for. Thirty five years. Right there, there. Is, there it is. has been my companion for thirty five years, Gosh. almost half my lifetime. So, <laughs> um, he apparently he used it so long, and then once finally some piece of it broke, and then he 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 you know looked around and tried to find a, a way of getting it fixed, and yeah. there was nothing nothing yeah. could be done yeah. for it. It was it was terminal at that point. So he writes this sort of yeah. elegy. Yeah. Uh, an, an elegy at the end of the typewriter's life and puts it here. I so. mean, Warney obviously 
wrote himself uh, quite a bit, but he did. did he act as a sort of uh, secretary for Lewis at some level when it came to this sort of thing? He did most of the um, the, the typing up of you know the official correspondence. I think of mm-hmm. when when um, Lewis would get letters that needed a, a, a formulated response. Yes. Yeah. Warney would would yeah. do that and then let yeah. Lewis answer personally other letters. But um, uh, he did on this. Uh, uh, type up what he says the Lewis papers. So th- this was uh, family yeah. papers and things mm. like that that mm. he that, that he did on that on that typewriter. Great. Great stuff. There you go. This uh, is the uh, the hallway here, and there is a wardrobe here. This is where the a wardrobe that was somewhat of the inspiration for Lewis's wardrobe actually stood. That wardrobe is now at the Wade Center at Wheaton College. There's ah. a picture of it right here. So that's um, the original wardrobe that, that stood here. That's the one that was in the family that Lewis and uh, that that Jack and and um, uh, Warney would have played in or known as a as kids. Mm. And then it stood here for a long time, and then it was taken to Wheaton. There's a, a wardrobe that is similar. Yeah. Uh, and and is this officially the wardrobe that inspired the famous wardrobe? <laughs> Um, well, you know, I, I don't think Lewis ever wrote that down, what yeah. wardrobe would have inspired him, but this was the sort of family wardrobe yeah. that remained in the, yeah. in, in, in the family. So that, that one at, um, at Wheaton, and this is where it stood, for, there you, go. you know, in this, in this hallway here. In this hallway. There we go. Uh, we're coming into the kitchen now. Uh, this, what you can see from the pictures on the wall, again, this was a, a bustling place of activity. Yes. Uh, this this picture here uh, uh, of an older gentleman. This is uh, Paxford, the gardener. Oh right. So he he was the gardener, uh, kept up with lots of things. But uh, Lewis fans will know that Paxford was is actually the inspiration for one of Lewis's most beloved characters from Narnia, Puddleglum, oh, really? the Marshwiggle from from uh, the Silver Chair. Now Paxford had this funny way of being. Uh, Somewhat negative, pessimistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so um, you know, if 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 it was a pretty day, he'd talk about how it's about to start raining. It's like that, that kind of just and you Glass know, always half empty, yeah. always half empty. So, but the the thing is about Paxford, he's a he's a humorous character, but also Puddleglum and, and Narnia is as well. But he does kind of save the day. Yes. Yeah. At the end he, of the day, he he's the one yeah. who stamps he's the out one the who sees through the the fire, yeah. the, the enchantments. Yeah. And you see the housekeepers here, and there's a, a, a young Doug Gresham, ah. uh, Lewis's stepson, sitting there. Oh, cool. um, so, yeah, th- this this was a place of a lot of activity um, because you know there were people were coming and going, and yeah. uh, this here, this is the room I'm staying in for now, where they put the temporary scholars, uh, Doug Gresham's room. Right. Um, it was also it would also have been used for you know occasionally the housekeepers they. Usually the housekeepers didn't live in the house, but if they they needed to to be here briefly, they would um, before the uh, before Joy Gresham yeah. and Douglas and David were here. Uh, this this was the room where the, they could kind of have their own spots off of the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and the the pictures on the wall are they of Douglas as a as a young yes, man? Yes, Douglas yeah. as a as a child, and yeah. then Douglas as a young man. The the kilns was pretty dilapidated. Mm. For for um, uh, I mean you can imagine they didn't really do much upkeep and there's a funny story that Douglas tells which I think you can actually still see the the lines in the wall but he was sitting on his bed and he had a premonition and he got up and he walked over and was leaving the room and a 
piece of uh, like a portion of the ceiling caved in on and, uh, and on fell the bed. on the bed. Wow! And so, and I think you can you can kind of see you see that like I yeah, don't know you if can that's kind of actually see maybe where it was yeah. repaired. Yeah. But I think at that point it got the attention of uh, of, <laughs> of of Lewis and Warney, and they thought, well, you know, we probably should do some repairs uh, at, at the kilns. So, yeah, there's a beautiful sort of old writing desk and some some. Again, furniture that looks of the period. Let's yes. say I'm sure it's not original to to the room. Yes, yeah, a nice little little rug they put in here. It, and, it does yeah. look it does look the part. Yeah, it's a nice place to study for sure. Yeah, and each room has its own sort of little hearth, doesn't it? Its own fire grate. Where in days before central heating, you know, you needed to have. That's right. The, the... That's right, and, and and the bedrooms each have a sink as well. Yes. So there's yeah. that, that's one of the interesting things about this house is that there's a. There's there's a toilet straight ahead, and then right. there's a a room with a bathtub right, right. next to it. And they're right. not, you know, to, nowadays we you put to them all them together, together, sure, but, but yeah, yeah, not that way. Yeah, I mean, the reality is, were it not for the Lewis connection, you can imagine this house would have been radically altered by now, or, or oh, yes. re refurbished, yeah. or something. But obviously, it's it's been important to keep it just as it was, uh, in a way, from the fifties and sixties. We're now going up a little windy staircase to. Uh, become a shrine it has become a shrine of sorts hasn't it's, it it's a little yeah. evangelical shrine it's a, it's, a, it's a cross but living here it's a cross between a a museum and a, a college dorm yeah. Yes. How it feels, yeah. You know? yeah so right up here there's a there's a there is something kind of cool that the that, that they've done here this is the attic oh wow and you know when lewis and his brother lived in in um, ireland they would they would sneak up into the attic and they would play for all they create little worlds and yeah. boxen is one of the worlds they created, and so they they thought you know in order to to show what that was like they they recreated here uh, at the kilns uh, just a little taste of the the kind of uh, joy and fun that yeah. Lewis and Warney had a little hidey hole in yeah. yeah out of the way and I can see it's a there's a sort of little tribute almost to Narnia some a, a, a small wardrobe with some snow and and woods and yep and some uh, heavy coats yeah there. so yes that's lovely yeah. well, I mean in fact what, what would this little room have been used for would it have just been storage I assume like storage yeah. probably yeah. knowing Lewis at some point there were books in here yeah <laughs> uh, there the, yeah he would have had his books yeah. primarily at um, uh, uh, where he was teaching uh, not not here at the house, most of them, but um, but yeah, this was would have been really would have been storage. Mm. I I think there might be in Shadowlands the movie. Mm -hmm. There's a scene with, if I'm recalling correctly, there's a scene with um, Anthony Hopkins who plays Lewis, uh, maybe talking with Doug Douglas or something up in the attic at some point. I can't remember. I, mm. I have to go back and look. Yeah, yeah. But um, it might be that's, the case. That's great. That's really nice. We are now in Lewis's study. Uh, at, it was Lewis's study from about um, uh, for for the last uh, decade or so of his life, uh, more than a decade of his life. Actually, this room belonged to Mrs. Moore originally. Originally, mm -hmm. so uh, it was the it was the warmest room in the house because mm -hmm. it's right over the kitchen, so yeah. the heat heat would rise. Um, and this room, the the door between these rooms, that door was shut and locked for for 20-something years, and so Lewis would actually go outside the house and around to get up to his bedroom. And he had a sort of external staircase built to, the, to his own room, didn't That's he? That's right. Yeah. That's right. For the privacy, yeah. But after, after Mrs. Moore's death, they turned this room into his study. So there's a couple of very famous pictures of Lewis mm. and the later Lewis uh, answering letters or writing books, and that is right here in this room. Yeah. Super. So the the... 
Lewis's desk is at the the Wade Center at, at Wheaton, but this is very similar. Are these letters just copies, or are they, are they original Lewis letters? They um, they appear to they look weathered, and they have Lewis's signature at the bottom. But who knows whether I they're... don't know. I have to ask the warden <laughs> about that. It's it's beautiful. Just to paint a little picture for podcast listeners, um, obviously there's a pipe atop the the the, the weather beaten looking letters on this lovely old writing table in the middle of this study and there's a there's a a, a, a fireplace as well where I'm sure there would have been a fire going on a cold winter's evening um, but otherwise it's you know it's 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 another house another room in a house and um, was there is a bed in here but was it just sort of was that here when it was being used as a study do you think you know I'm not I'm not sure about that I can look look and see over here Looks like it was a chair yes, uh, that was yeah. here at the time, but but the bed is here because again, scholars that that stay in the house sometimes sure. if they need an extra yeah, a bed extra or an bed. extra room, they yeah. they put that there. Um, but you can see the 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 English literature in the 16th century. A, a, a looks like a pretty early, not maybe not a first edition copy uh, of this large yeah. book by Lewis. But I, you know, we think of him so much in the realm of apologetics that yeah. we. We can forget this is sort of his. This, this, this it's was, sort of his magnum yeah, opus. This, you know? this was yeah. yeah his his great work really. I mean, look was, how, was how long that book is. Six hundred literature. Almost seven hundred pages yeah, right there. So, basically yeah. summarizing everything written in the sixteenth century. <laughs> it's it's he really does. <laughs> he read everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. He he did a lot of work on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, apologetics and Christian writing was really his his side thing. I mean, this this was his main body of work was. That's the what he lectured on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just just last night, actually, I, I was uh, I, I met with someone who was in one of Lewis's lectures in really? 1958. Yes, oh wow! In the summer, he oh, he did um, he sat in on three of his lectures on the medieval world, and um, was a at, was at Cambridge, and um, he he said it was packed to the gills, mm-hmm. people everywhere, and he he said that even now he recalls some of Lewis's analogies. Really. That that picture of the medieval mind, he said, mm. of with the weight of glory above, mm. the pit below, mm. that living on a vertical line rather than horizontally, the yeah. way, you know, a secularizing right. West sure. tends to see yeah. life. So. Amazing. And we're just did, he, walking. did he mention how uh, Lewis would come in, taking off his clothes as he's speaking? <laughs> did he mention <laughs> no, that? No, he didn't. I, I, I heard that, tes- that, that eyewitness I, I testimony. I heard that, that as well, yeah. That he would, he would be taking off his coat and already teaching. Already as lecturing he as he entered already the lecture theatre. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we are here now in Lewis's bedroom. Um, this, so Mrs. Moore's room was the, the hottest room in the house. Um, Lewis's room, as you can tell from all the windows, and because it's over um, uh, uh, an, unhe- an unhe- unheated portion of the house, mm. this would have been the coldest room in the house. And there's a, a, a joke that Lewis told at one time, well, not really a joke, but he mentioned um, on occasion waking up in the glass of water next to his bed being frozen. <laughs> so you wow. can... Yeah. You could tell that. Um, I, I see they've now got central heating in here, but but that wouldn't have been obviously in, in Lewis's day. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> what, what's what's funny is the, after the, the door had been shut and locked for so long that uh, um, he didn't have the key, oh, really? and so after Mrs. Moore died, and they were like, you know, we really should open up that door so you don't have to walk up the stairs. Yeah. Unless he was getting older and, yeah, yeah. and having some health challenges, and uh, what. They said that uh, for the longest time he kept walking up because he couldn't find the key. And finally they were like, you know, maybe we should call a locksmith. 
<laughs> and they they had to come and they had to change the entire door because it had been shut for so long. Wow. It, the work, the wood had warped, right. and there was no there was no getting it open even with a key. You know, um, wonderful, wonderful. But I mean, very Spartan lodgings for someone who obviously, in many people, is is this intellectual giant, this hero of both literature and Christian apologetics. But he he lived essentially a very humble life, really. He did, um, and and he wasn't looking for fame or applause. And but, he could have lived a lot. Uh, pr- well probably, yeah, probably could have lived a, you know. But he, you know, this was life. He was just, you know, doing his thing in this corner of Oxford, and this was his house, and yeah. I don't think he really expected either that um, we would be having this tour. No, sixty years, <laughs> almost sixty years on from his death. I, you know, he he expected after a few years, his books would stop selling, and yeah. you know, like most writers. Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, yeah. um, I think he would be shocked and surprised, maybe a bit bemused, mm. to see us walking through the house, traipsing through the house, talking about his <laughs> legacy. Um, there you go. But yeah. um, did you see this, Justin? What? Yeah. So yeah, just describe some of the pictures that are on the on the wall here, if you would. For us. The Shroud of Turin. This is one thing I wanted to see. Cause yeah. The, his nun. Do you remember that? what was the nun's name? Oh, I can't remember. Is it Sister? sister it, is uh, it Penelope or is it Penelope, Mary? I yes, think it was yes, Penelope. yes. So he, tell, he, do you he, tell me about this, Justin? Well, he interacted with Sister Penelope. Uh, many many letters they went back and forth, and she mailed him a picture of the Shroud of Turin. And I think it was from her, from her like nunnery, like where okay. she where she was staying, and he kept it on his wall. He I think it was it on his wall when he died. There you go. That's what and I. And is this the original? The, the... I, I I'm not sure about that, but I know this is the um, the, the, the he, he did I did I do remember recalling and hearing that uh, he did have that uh, on his wall when he died. But he actually died uh, downstairs in the oh, music right. room. Okay. Because um, during that that last few months of his life, after he'd had that. Um, that that heart attack and initial uh, scare and had been in a coma, they told him he, he shouldn't be trying to go up and down the stairs right. anymore. So mm-hmm. they moved his bedroom and mm-hmm. down there. But but I had heard the same thing, which means they must have also moved the. I think this the is the real thing. I think this is the actual picture. I think it's the original. Sent by. Yeah. You just, just look at it. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. guess. Yeah. We can ask. The Thank God, no one took it. <laughs> that's pretty, that's a pretty awesome yeah. relic of the shrine here. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of photos just above the the hearth as well. What what do you know? Who? who yes. Yeah, so show, this Kevin? this was Lewis as a as a young man and uh, um, dressed up. Looks like ready for 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 class. And then uh, over here you have uh, Lewis um, shortly after they moved to the kilns. Mm. I think Lewis with um, Maureen and with Mrs. Moore. Right. Um, so sort of the, the the family of sorts here. Yeah. Great. There you go. Well, wow, it's been a great tour. There, there are a couple more rooms. Is there much yes. more to, to show? Oh, uh, yeah. Let me um, take you down to the library. This this here is where we won't go in here because mm. the, the scholars um, are. There's a scholar staying there, but this here is the children's room. So okay. this is where the 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 kids during World War Two. That's where they were. They stayed when they they, yes. they they were evacuated. That's right. Great. That's right. There you go. Interesting story, though, about one of the, the, the young women who stayed at the Kilns during mm. the, the time. Um, uh, her name was Jill. She went by June as well. But um, she, she was just brought light and life to the house. Mm. And they loved, they loved uh, having her here. And um, uh, Lewis said that Lucy Pevensey mm. was based... Off of uh, off of her. What's funny is after she left here, she became an actress. She's oh, really? a, I, I watched actually a few 
clips from some movies that she was in in the 1940s. She's actually the elderly housekeeper in the movie Love Actually. Oh, really? From like, I think it's 2003 or so. And she's still living. She married Sigmund Freud's either grandson or (laughs) great-grandson. And uh, and now has a title here in England. And she's still alive. I think she's 90... Maybe uh, early 90s or so. Do you know if she's ever commented on Yes, yes, she's, she's talked, talked about, about she's talked about with us. Um, this, is, uh, this is Warney's um, study, and then you have Warney's bedroom here. They actually built on to the house when they first bought the kilns so that they could, uh, they'd have enough room for everybody. But um, the, a lot of times when Warney and um, Jack would want to just talk just as brothers. They would come in here, have the fire going, and yeah, yeah. they didn't really heat the whole house. They only heated the rooms that they were they needed that they were yeah, staying in. Yeah, yeah but um, yeah. but this is this is where Warney uh, was, and then here is his his little bedroom. This is yeah. his bedroom with yeah. his little fireplace. This would have been the end of the house, but now I will take you into the library. Ah, I see. So this has been. When was this built then? This was built after the. Um, it, it was it. Uh, the 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 people that that took the house in the nineteen seventies. This was a, a a garage or a garage or how, how yeah. do you say it? Here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, garage. 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 That's what we yes, say. Garage, mate. It's a garage. That's what this was. And then um, actually, when Lewis lived here, it was uh, there was a little bit of space, and then there was a shed. Okay. And uh, um, the the shed is where Lewis, in thinking about things, uh, it was actually a place where he he actually um, uh, it, it was one of the the places where he was uh, um, thinking about his own conversion and about right. um, uh, the truthfulness of Christianity. Uh, but they turned this uh, um, this garage into a garage into a a library. Uh, to to store a bunch of books, yeah, and they do have a couple of original things in here that are worth seeing. Oh, cool! One of them is the piano. This is the actual piano from Maureen from Lady Dunbar, ah. who um, she actually inherited a castle. Wow! <laughs> after uh, uh, much later in life, and um, with, when um, this is the piano that was in the music room, which is also oh, wow. the room that Lewis Lewis died in. He was actually convalescing there, and she came to see him in the latter part of his life when he was beginning to fade somewhat, and um, wasn't sure he would was awake enough to recognize her. Um, and she she said who she was, and he responded. She said, "You know, it's it's Maureen," and he said, um, "No, it's Lady Dunbar," <laughs> because she had received a title since they'd last seen there each you other. Go. That's great. So. I can see there are a few shots from the the Shadowlands film with Anthony Hopkins just in a in a frame above the piano. So yes, they did it, some filming here. Uh, yeah, so presumably they obviously scouted out all the locations, including the kilns, to try and recreate some of the that's the, right the similar yeah environments. Hanging on the wall there is a very odd picture of an eagle and a a, a toddler and a toddler uh, on its back. <laughs> yes. Um, it's it, you look at it and you would think that's a bird and a baby. Indeed. Well, that's because this was actually the the metal hanging sign at the Eagle and Child. I assumed the, as much. The, yes. The, inklings, uh, the the story goes that Walter Hooper, who was uh, helping with uh, Lewis's uh, literary estate after Lewis died, um, saw this in a bin uh, as they were cleaning out things from the Eagle and Child, and and he bought it for five pounds or so. I think. Wow. Um, and then and wanted to to preserve it and bring it back to the 
That's super. to the house. So this is this would have been this was the original sign that was hanging at the Eagle and Child when the Inklings well, would frequent that We, we that walked pub. past the Eagle and Child earlier on when we were in the centre. I know that it's currently closed, but right. is it due to be reopened? Do you know? I, I I've heard just recently actually that they've um, the, there's been discussion about okay. what's going to happen okay. with it. The a, a pub across the street called the Lamb and the Child, uh, or Lamb and the Flag, the Lamb and the Flag. That's right. Uh, the Lamb and the Flag um, has has reopened. Okay, um, and that was also a place where the the, the Inklings, Inklings would, went, would meet. Yes, yes. would, would yeah. go. Uh, they they met in several. I mean, yeah. virtually any pub down in Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's had drinks somewhere. Somewhere. Uh, the Eastgate Hotel yes. restaurant was yeah. also a, yeah. a, a frequent place for them. You can just imagine over decades yeah. of yeah. of meeting and time that they went to a lot of places. But yeah, that's a that's yeah. an original. Well, this 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 new room effectively constitutes this library, the, the largest room now in the kiln. So I suppose it's it must be used occasionally for for seminars and when there's you know small right. lectures and things. For so the C.S. Lewis Foundation owns the house, and whenever they have a larger group that comes to the house uh, on a tour, they'll start here yes. usually in the in the library. Uh, it's also the place where um, summer scholars yes uh, if, that that come and speak. They'll teach yeah here. And uh, kind of an intimate setting, nice to to have people around. Great. Wow, thank you very much. Does that does that more or less bring us to the end of the the rooms and the tour? I think so. Wow, thank you very much, Trevin. It's been been fascinating to I'm, to get a bit of background. I'm not a, an expert tour guide for the kilns. <laughs> I've, I've lived. I've only been here a week. But <laughs> it's um. What 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 made you want to come and do this then? To to come and sort of live here just for a couple of weeks well i was working on a it started a couple of years ago i was working i knew i would be working on a book called the thrill of orthodoxy Mm. which is a a mere christianity chestertonian kind of a book and Mm. i thought uh, i knew that the kilns had an opportunity for scholars to to do some study and research and writing here and so i i i i sought out you know some dates that it might work Mm. uh back in january february of 2020 well, okay. <laughs> Something else intervened. Yes. Yeah. No. We that didn't happen in 2020. <laughs> I had to write that book elsewhere, but um, uh, still kept in in touch. And then this year um, had an opportunity to um, to do some teaching in Oxford and a conference in Leeds uh, this weekend on C.S. Lewis. And so um, it just made sense to spend a couple of weeks and wow. meet with some some various people that you know well, um, as well that are here in, in Oxford. So, Well, I, I hope you've enjoyed soaking up the, the spirit of Lewis that is somehow still preserved in this, in this house. I have. It's a, it's a special place. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the C.S. Lewis podcast with me, Ruth Jackson. As always, you can find out more about our guest through the links below. And don't forget to check out our website where you can find lots of great articles, podcasts and more C.S. Lewis content. Visit premierunbelievable.com. Thank you for listening to the C.S. Lewis podcast and see you next time where we'll be speaking to a young author who has written a modern take on the Screwtape Letters. 